Algar Productions. Despite the title, the following podcast is most decidedly not for kids. This is the Kids Love Static Shock Podcast with your hosts, Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Episode 126, Trouble Squared and Toys in the Hood. Hi, pals. We're back once again. I'm Al. I'm Maggie. And, uh, yeah, we got some episodes that happened to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, the, the second one was pretty I, Look, this is fine. It's the, fine. The show has been very uneven is the thing. I mean, yeah, and also we're getting, like, we got another episode this week that's, like, from last season. Oh, yeah, and we'll get into that. Yeah. I have a whole thing to say about that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and... Really, again, I hate to keep harping on this, but after we hit the heights of Static in Africa, mm-hmm. it was like, okay, season three, they got their act together on the on the animation. Yep. The writing's great. Like, this is a new character I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. And then the next week, they introduced Gear, and mm-hmm. it all was downhill from there. Uh, and they just keep referring to him like he matters. Like, Virgil yeah. will just be all like, oh, I'll go, I'll go get Gear, and we'll go on an adventure. And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. You don't need to. You don't. <laughs> I don't want to put gear out or anything. You know, I'm sure he's real busy. Um, oh no, pissing me off. Not me, homie. I got nothing but time. Mm-hmm. I'm just chilling in my crib, dog. I'm turning into David Lynch. Yeah, and, uh... that's not the first time that's happened with you. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to do the nerd voice, and uh-huh. you're uh, you're hearing David Lynch and just building on that. Mm-hmm. Well, I do hear a lot of David Lynch and then build on it. Uh-huh. Well, that's fair. So did all of television in the 90s. Yep. So that's fair. Um, Oof. But I, I will say, yeah. this was a gear light week for us. Yes, that was a plus. He was not in the first one at all and barely mm-hmm. in the second one. Yeah. So that's good. <sighs> but why don't we kick things off? Why don't you tell us about Trouble Squared, which I just realized is a terrible title, by the way. Mm-hmm. It is a terrible title. Mm-hmm. Like, you could call it Trouble with a Little Two, which is the same thing, but it looks better. Eh. It's, I guess it's, it's not squared, though, is the thing. There's just two of them. It's That's, still bad. It's What just it is is better. Trouble Times Two. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess they could have called it Trouble 2.0, as was popular at the time. Eh, so That would have been all right. All or right. Uh, E-Trouble. E mm-hmm. That would have gotten it. Virgil is in some serious E-Trouble. Mm-hmm. He sure is. Dot net. Mm-hmm. Tell us how. Mm-hmm. All right, so while the Virgil's dad worries about how he's going to get money for the youth center, <clears throat> Mr. Hawkins, I'm sorry to have to tell you this, but if there's one thing I know about youth centers, it's that they never have enough money and are always closing down. Have you considered having a breakdancing tournament? <laughs> Virgil and Richie take a tour of Alva Industries for career day or something. Guys, you can't just tour a highly advanced lab owned by an evil billionaire. That's how you get Ultimate Spider-Man. <laughs> And speaking of Ultimate Spider-Man and his terrible haircut, here comes Specs and Trapper. You remember these nerds, right? They call each other Mister all the time, and Specs is voiced by Patton Oswalt, and they're all, but they're both actually really terrible. They've been hired by Alva for mysterious purposes. Well, they're not actually that mysterious. Static does some quick investigation and discovers that Alva's just hired them to use their brilliant minds to turn Alva's idiot son into not rock. Do you remember how he got turned into a bird fountain last season? That's okay, neither did I. Anyway, Static figures that he doesn't need to care about two of his villains helping another villain to save his villainous son and heads out. Specs and Trapper, on the other hand, are annoyed that Alva isn't paying any attention to them and is entirely focused on his stone boy. Jesus, can you believe this asshole? Caring about his son? What a prick. 
In a desperate bid to get Alva's attention, the Geek Squad develops their own shitty Iron Man armor and go out to kidnap Static. And they actually do pretty well. Specs now calls himself Spectral, which sucks and can shoot laser beams out of his Power Ranger helmet. And Trapper now calls himself Speed Trap because nobody could stop him. <laughs> he can speed up and slow things down. Now that feels like a useful skill, but also you need to understand that this man is a fool. So they capture Static and take him back to Alva Industries, where he very quickly escapes because Virgil is very good at being an electric superhero. In the tussle, the machine to turn Alva Jr. into hair and then eventually back into a real boy again is broken. Alva fires both of these idiots, has them evicted, and then takes all of their stuff. And honestly, good. Good for him. Now really pissed that Alva would dare to save his own child and not give them high-paying jobs in a snazzy apartment to smoke pot and watch Babylon 5 in, <laughs> Spectral and Speed Trap... <sighs> Kidnap the, the Rock Lobson, that was a reach, Maggie, and hide out at the abandoned technical college on the edge of town. Eventually, Static shows up and everyone fights for the last five minutes before Virgil saves Rock Boy from an extremely slow expo explosion. Then Virgil guilts Alvin into saving the youth center, which probably should have been in this been more important to this episode. Well, whatever. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm going to jump into my bad thing, which is yes. sort of what we talked about before you uh, started your summary, which is uh, this is another holdover from season two. And man, it shows. Boy, howdy. Like, I understand this sort of thing happens in animation production. You order so many episodes and, and there's a delay for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. the, the, you couldn't get the voice. Any, anything from the script wasn't done. You couldn't get the voice guys. The animation got held up. Like, there's a lot of places it could bottleneck. Yeah. It's just going to happen. But I wish they had saved these for the beginning of the run. Mm -hmm. Because what it does is it gets you used to season three, the way season three looks. The, yep. I mean, I don't. We obviously are no fans of gear, but he is part of the thing now. Yep. And, uh, you know. Someone out there presumably is wondering, well, how come Richie isn't putting on his suit and helping? It's just yeah. Virgil by himself against these two guys. Hey, like, hey, where's got... gear? Said one person. Well, but I don't know. He's got a friend. He could. He has a <laughs> decoy. Like, he could. You know, cannon fodder. You know what I mean? Yep. But the point is, the show has significantly changed. Also, as you point out, it's hard for the audience to remember this plot point that happened a season and a half ago. Yeah, well, this show doesn't really, like, it has continuity, but it doesn't have, like, it feels like its continuity doesn't really matter. I don't know. The continuity they have is a lot like what some episodes of Batman or Superman had, which mm -hmm. is when a villain comes back, they remember what happened to them yeah. last time, basically. It's just very, this episode's very much like, oh, these two dipshits. Oh, that dipshit. All but right. But I like, I, I don't hate the idea of following up on uh, Alva Jr., like, because, yeah. They did leave him in a horrible, like, like he turned into a stone gargoyle, the end. And mm -hmm. it was like, ooh, oh, what yeah. next? That was a real uh, Batman the Animated Series ending. Yeah, it was. I liked it. Mm -hmm. And it's it's just like, if they had done that, if that was like, if this one and the other one from season two were like the first episodes of season three, it would be like, okay, this is the same show. They're yeah. following up with some plot lines, whatever. And then the animation would get better. Mm -hmm. But it's it just gives me whiplash to go to a better show and then come back to this. Yeah. And the the writing wasn't as good. <clears throat> like there's there's just a lot of things. And it's, this whole episode just really dragged for me. It just like I, I I had Virgil's attitude, which is very much like I don't care about any of these idiots, and I'm kind of mad that I have to that I have yep. to spend time with them. Yep. No, he's rolling his eyes at all of this, and then when you point out that he um uh, guilted. Uh, Alva, what that is, is Alva keeps hounding him. What What can I do to get you to help me? What can I do? What can I do? All right, you know what? Here's what you can do. My dad, I mean, this man I know who mm -hmm. we are not affiliated with. Yes. Uh, I don't know. The, the 
um, conscientious young superhero mm -hmm. wanting him to give money to a specific charity that helps young people feels pretty, you know, pretty on brand. What if for once an evil billionaire saved the youth center? Did you ever think of that? And that's actually my good thing. Mm-hmm. Once Mr. Hawkins brought up the youth center having problems, I was certain we were getting exactly what you said, a breakdancing mm -hmm. competition or something, you know, one of those, like, every 80s teen movie. Yeah. But it actually went someplace I was not expecting, which hardly ever happens. Yeah. Like, I liked, and, and this uh, ties in with your good thing, I mm -hmm. liked the, sort of the change in Alva. Yeah, it's, this is not a thing that I see happen very often. No. Where, like... Like, like when that episode ended with Alva's kid as, like, a rock guy, I assumed Alva was going to come back if he ever came back. Like, this show remembers he's in it in, in it very rarely. Yeah, once a season or so. Yeah, but, um, I like, I absolutely thought this would, uh, if we saw this guy again, he'd be in, like, power armor going, you turned my son into rock, and now I'm using that as a justification to hate you. Yeah. But, no, he's apparently just t retired from supervillainy to, um, turn his son back into not rock which yeah he's fair he's enough like he, he, like he didn't say this out loud but it feels like he like regrets sticking his toe in the mm -hmm. river of uh, uh super science yeah he's like oh this is this is actually bad we need yeah. to we need to maybe pump the brakes a little bit here you know what i like i tried this and it didn't work out a lot and mm -hmm. honestly it's really this is i'm a billionaire i don't have to do this crap also uh you know what this means mm the that entire episode, Alva Jr. and I don't remember his actual name. No, um, like his the the supervillain name. He wasn't it <sighs> Legion or Myriad or some something. It was something not great. I remember something that. that meant all of the things. Yeah, he had all the powers, and he had like a real highfalutin oh, college. No, it boy was name. Omni Fuck. Because yes, it was Omni Fuck. That was it. That was yeah, nailed it. Yeah, good work. Um, but uh, you realize his motivation that entire episode was to get to his get his dad to notice him. Yeah. And now he has. Yeah, it worked. He was successful. This is mm -hmm. all you had to do. Also, was turn yourself into stone. Also, I want to point out this episode ends with uh, Alva Jr. still in uh, Mario Tanuki mode. Like, <laughs> he's still fucking rock. Yep. Which Dude, I was not expecting at all. Let up on the on the gamepad. No. That'll that'll turn you back. I need uh, I need uh, I got all these turtles that I need to have sneak past me. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I am trying right now to look up what his supervillain name was because it's very much bothering me. But also, oh weird, it was Omni Piss. I was really close. Uh, yeah, I knew it was something like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Omnifarious. That was it. Yeah, that's terrible. Omni Fuck is way better. But then, then they did the the wordplay of I'm nefarious. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Horrible. That was pretty good. I thought that was pretty good. Actually. Oh god. Oh shit! Um, look out! That guy's nefarious, and he knows one big word. Mm hmm. That's uh, also the that's also the title of my biography. <laughs> All of that, mm -hmm. except for the guy part, obviously. Oh yeah, well of course. Uh, what was your bad thing? Uh, I hated uh Specs and Trapper back when they were just regular assholes. Mm -hmm. Now they have powers, and I really hate them. Mm -hmm. And also, like Trapper's stupid ponytail sticks out of the back of his helmet, and that is some rough 1994 Image Comics design crap. Maggie, I hate to tell you this, but my stupid ponytail sticks out of whatever thing I'm wearing on my head. Yeah, but here's the thing: you're not wearing like a big steel helmet with like the with like the face carved out. Like this is a look that I am familiar with. Okay. Also, your ponytail looks good. You are a good-looking man. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. That um, long hair really suits you. 
I well, thank you. Uh, it's uh, all credit to Amanda for managing my undercut because mm. otherwise it would just get large. And oh long. yeah. Um. Yeah, they kind of suck. I will say I thought their powers were both actually very interesting. Mm-hmm. Like they had, there was some potential. That's the thing about this episode. There's potential here. There's yeah. a lot of potential here. The returning to this Alva thing and maybe making it interesting, mm-hmm. actually making him feel like uh, not a one-dimensional character. Yeah. Following up on these assholes that worked for him who, like, don't want to be recruited to help him. They want to cause problems. And what I love is kidnapping a hero and bringing him to him and him saying, what did you do this for? I don't want this. Put this back. It reminded me a bit of when the Joker took it upon himself to to present himself to Lex. Yeah. And Lex is like, what are you, what are you doing? I'm not like you. Yeah. You know how we're both villains, right? I mean, sure. Look, we both like purple and hate Superman, but (laughs) that's that's where it ends, man. We should be best friends. Oh, Uh, God. I'm coming over to your place for dinner. (laughs) Then you can come over to my... uh, No, I'm never doing that. I hear you have a Nintendo 64. (laughs) My uncle actually works at Nintendo. That's why he's so rich. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. He has Super Mario Brothers 4. Yeah, I know. Um, but not Street Fighter 3. That'll never be out. No one has Street Fighter 3. No. Um, but I, like I said, there's a lot of potential here. And, and that even down to, uh, their powers, like, mm-hmm. uh, one of them has like sort of, it sounds lame saying it like this rainbow powers, but yep. you know, powers like of the spectrum, like the dip to different wavelengths of, mm-hmm. of light and energy. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I can and shoot the other guy, ice. I can shoot fire. I can shoot, yeah. um, red. Clouds? Red? red, blue, blue, yeah, ultra blue. Uh huh. Ul- no, ultra red. No, wait, infra. Fuck. Hang on, infra- I'll come fuck. back in. Yeah. But no, they infra- and, and then Omni fuck should team up. And then you, well, he's he's currently stone, mm-hmm. and they have no interest in helping him. So. Yep. Um, but uh, as you point out in your summary, um, the speeding up and slowing time down seems pretty interesting. That's too. a a very useful power that has many applications, uh, and he uses it to have a slow explosion. Well, no, that's well, I think static turns it against him so that he can slow the bomb down and save the day, which I mm. I did like. But yeah, he himself doesn't do anything cool with it. He just makes static fall. Yep, slow and then fast. Mm-hmm. But these are interesting ideas that could have been good. Even like even that, even because you know you've got that like really cool power and a really stupid person using it. Like, well, then you got the parasite thing, which can actually be like by design interesting. Yeah, it's just like, none of that's here, and he's he's textually stupid and doesn't know the power he has. Yeah, that is interesting. But these guys are supposed to be geniuses, so I think they're just written stupid. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. Like, you can have a genius that's, like, stupid at, like, applying his technology or whatever. But, like, well, right. There's none of that. And also, I really hate their, like, what do you think, Mr. Trapper? Well, Mr. Specs, yeah, shut we the talked fuck about up. Last time. Also, um, uh, Trapper is voiced by the guy, uh, Michael Rosenbaum, who will voice The Flash. Mm-hmm. Actually, we've seen him on this show as The Flash. Yeah. And, um... They gave him the power to speed things up and slow things down. Like, come on. Yeah. Seriously? Give that one to Patton Oswalt, at least. Then, you know, mm-hmm. 
Then well, it's not just, oh, you're the ghost fast guy. Well, since these guys have been around since season one, the only thing I can figure is that they like looked at their the names they already had and were just like, okay, what powers can we give to these guys? Yeah, I actually, I actually liked uh, Specs and Trapper turning into Spectral and Speed Trap. Like, yeah, they're dumb names, but every supervillain name is a dumb name. I mean, that is true. Omnifarious. <laughs> What's that? Except for Omnifuck. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's only on Static After Dark, though. That's true. Um, Are we going to have to review that, too? Uh, no, we're not old enough. Oh, thank God. I'm almost 50, and I'm not old enough. <laughs> Those octogenarians really love this show. Mm-hmm. Octofucks. <laughs> Look out, Static. Mm-hmm. He's got Omnifuck powers. Oh, God, I hate Richie. <laughs> uh, Tilo was watching this one with me and mm-hmm. pointed out when the, uh, uh, Mr. Hawkins was... Uh, unhappy about the youth center he's like she's like um isn't virgil friends with a billionaire bruce wayne yeah couldn't he just say hey would you help with this youth center because i bet he would yep i also um i fully uh i fully believe virgil forgetting that uh he knows bruce wayne a billionaire i doubt that because he knows bruce wayne a billionaire is batman Mm -hmm. and that's not something you forget well, the thing is, like, if I think about Batman, the first thing I think about isn't he's brilliantaire Bruce Wayne. No, I if if I'm a teenager now, that's who me, but... if I'm a teenager who before I got superpowers was already a big geek about superheroes, mm. and now I have an excuse to hang out with them, and I'm one of probably five people in the world who knows who Batman is. That's true. I'm never gonna not think about that. Mm-hmm. Hey, Bruce, Virgil, you you've got to stop calling here. Like. It's a good thing he's a he's a sweet kid that doesn't mm-hmm. run his mouth because someone else would be like, yeah, I know who Batman is. Mm-hmm. He told me we're friends. Yeah. Well, that's respect Batman has for Virgil. Yeah, exactly. It's really nice. Mm-hmm. I noticed Richie doesn't know who Batman is. No. Richie doesn't know who anyone is. Richie doesn't know who Hot Girl is, and Hot Girl is Hot Girl. Mm-hmm. He's got a picture with her mm-hmm. that he insisted on taking. Mm-hmm. Gear, who is that? I have no idea. <laughs> we have never met before. <laughs> um, there's a point where, uh, as as you pointed out, um, uh, uh, Specs and Trapper are um evicted from their place because mm-hmm. Alva's like through with their shit. He's like, yeah. you don't you don't live here anymore. Get out of here. I hired and... you to help my son, and you specifically have said repeatedly, "Boy, we hate helping his son." That's so boring. Can't we make robot suits for ourselves? Mm-hmm. What? No, you work for me. No, mm-hmm. you can't do that. Do you know how jobs work? Yeah, yeah, you pay us and we do whatever the fuck we want, right? I mean, that's how jobs work for me. <laughs> but I'm very lucky. <laughs> um, but uh, there's uh, uh, security guards there. Yep. And uh, one of them sort of uh, holds a billy club up. Mm-hmm. And and one of the, the two assholes just pushes it aside. <laughs> Like, what? yeah, that's that's the best way to deal with a billy club in your face. I mean, how could they possibly retaliate? Excuse me, sir. Uh, I believe you put this in my way. It's like uh, Bugs Bunny sticking his finger in the barrel of a gun, only uh-huh. you don't have Bugs <clears throat> Bunny is always going to win powers. Yeah. Your, your finger is just going to get shot off. Yep. Elmer uh, Fudd's about to lose a very nice shotgun. <laughs> well, there's no more bullets. No. That's so okay. Uh, what else? What else? Uh, let's see. Uh, 
I have a note here that this, uh, because the episode was made in, you know, the early 2000s, like 2002, 2003, something like that, it's the golden age of styluses. Like, mm -hmm. all the computing devices have a little pen with them, which was all the rage for about five years before we, uh, we were like, wait a minute, touchscreens, never yeah, mind. Yeah, <laughs> we thought that was going to be the next big thing. My I mean, last I... phone still had a uh, stylus in it. I mean, I had a Palm Pilot. I was very fond of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? I do not have a lot for this one. No, me neither. I didn't hate Alva, which I did not expect. No, I actually appreciate actual growth in this, you know? Yeah. I mean, we'll see what he's like next time. Sure. All it takes is another writer saying, I like him better as a villain, and then doing something to turn him back into a villain. Mm-hmm. But we will see. Yeah. All right. Uh, you got a quote for this one? I do have a quote for this one. It is this. <laughs> what? Yes, Tom. TV monitors. Thank you, rookies. That's a good quote, Davey. Mm -hmm. I, what, what was that? Uh, that was... Uh, uh, there's a point where uh, I forget what's happening, but he, someone's sneaking in somewhere, and uh, there's two security guards uh, watching it. Ah, okay. Yeah. Very well. Okay. Onward, then, to Toys in the Hood. Mm-hmm. Our good friends at the DCAU Wiki inform me that the title of this episode is a reference to either the well-known 1991 film Boys in the Hood, or Easy es lesser-known, at least to me, 1986 song Boys into Hood. I prefer to think of it as a reference to that time Metallo fought Steel and said, in the Malcolm McDowellist voice possible, something about the hood. <laughs> but why would I bring Superman into this, an episode about static shock? I really must stop wandering off-topic like that. So, Virgil and... Uh, Richie are on a school trip when their bus is, comes under attack by, well, it looks like a 50-foot-tall version of one of those toy monkeys with the symbols, you know, of the rock and roll Martian variety. But its back legs are clearly that of a kangaroo. It's like a minotaur if the front half was a toy monkey and the back half was a kangaroo. <laughs> yep, exactly like a minotaur. <laughs> Our lovable teen protagonist and his unfortunate constant companion disappear in the confusion, and a split second later, our lovable superhero protagonist and his unfortunate constant companion appear to fight the monkey tar. Now, you or I might think this is sloppy secret identity management, dear listener, but I remind you that Richie slash Gear is an Olympic-level genius, so obviously they've thought all of this entirely through. Then Superman joins the fight. Oh, hey, look who was on topic after all, and definitely planned it that way, rather than just following his entire random train of thought and arriving at the correct destination purely by coincidence. It's this guy. Superman is happy to work with Static, and... Well, he says he's also happy to work with gear, but you know Superman. The Kents raised him to be polite and kind, so of course he's going to say that. <laughs> but there's no possible way it's actually true. I mean, the motherfucker named his fucking backpack Backpack for fucking fuck fuck. <laughs> yes, I'm bringing that up again, and yes, I have every intention of dying mad about it. <laughs> anyway, it turns out that giant toy came from Toy Man, which I suppose has a certain logic to it if you think about it for a while. And is trying to capture Virgil and Richie's teacher, Miss Moore, who turns out to be Darcy, that sentient, life-size, non-copyright infringing Barbie-esque doll from that one Superman episode. Which is a solid reason that Superman might get involved in a static adventure. Much more so than the Joker got bored, so he went to Dakota to hang out with this Shiv fellow everyone's been talking about. <laughs> Toy Man intends to give Darcy a real human body. Technology that once eluded toy makers, but we've obviously come a long way since Geppetto times. And it turns out Darcy's actually in on this scheme and helps orchestrate the kidnapping of the human whose body they intend to copy. And it's Daisy. Well, if there's one thing that'll make this creepy-voiced, creepy-masked creep less creepy, it's putting the mind of a woman he wants to have sex with in the body of a 16-year-old girl. 
And with this act, I believe that old Winslow has overtaken Jervis in the grossest perv in the DCAU competition. You hear that, Howie? He's coming for you. <laughs> okay, perhaps that was a poor choice of words when referencing perverts. Toy Man successfully completes the Daisyoplasty, but then he's defeated by Superman and Static, and fake Daisy melts. Like, to death. Wait, how the hell did the Superman crossover end up being way darker than the two with Batman? Yup. She just melted. She melted to death. Yeah. Just, just like... Wow. Ugh. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on in this one. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, is this your good thing? Do you want to get into this? Yeah, okay. This is great. Darcy is so mercenary. Like, at first they frame it the way her first appearance was. Where it's like, oh, Toy Man's after me. I've got to get away. Can you please help me? And we mm -hmm. think, oh, okay, yeah. I remember this situation. Well, sure. And we have but bits with Clark talking to her and... He's like, I know that you're a robot, and like, I yeah. I can help you if you're trying to get away from uh, yeah. from Toy Man. I believe that's that's basically the plot of uh, the episode she appeared in. Yeah. on on that show. Um, but uh, then it turns out she's completely fucking evil, and she's working with Toy Man to mm -hmm. make this thing happen. But then when he does it, she's like, Yeah, I don't love you. I'm leaving with fake Ken. So long, suckers. Yep. And then when she finds out he's the only one who can stop her uh, body from like breaking down. Uh, she switches the the uh, please help me my love mm -hmm. switch back on like she's a real bastard. I mean the whole bit is like she betrays him, he betrays her, she betrays him again. It fucking rules. Yep. She, also, <laughs> she's completely self motivated and will say whatever it takes to get mm -hmm. what she wants, and I love it. Yep. Also, him throwing the antidote into the hot lava is some fucking, uh, is some ice-cold villain shit. Yep. Oh, you don't love me? Well, you can just die then. All right, go fuck yourself. I don't care. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Good no, that, stuff. That was good. I, I enjoyed this character before. Yep. I think they kind of leveled her out. Like, I think, I think they escalated it a bit, and I like her even more now, and mm -hmm. it's too bad she's goo. Yeah. On the other hand, you know, kids love Static Shock. Yeah. We Sorry, haven't had a goo. lot of those moments with this show, but uh, I think this counts. Oh, definitely. No, occasionally it it like I mentioned this in the last uh, the last one. Occasionally it veers into Batman the animated series territory, and mm -hmm. I'm like, oh shit, that's right. You can do this. You could do a horrible, ironic ending for this evil person that you're not supposed to feel bad for anyway. Mm -hmm. Because standards and practices insists that villains get their comeuppance. So okay, yep. You you here's what you asked for, S and P. Thanks. Uh, wow, they you certainly did give her her comeuppance. Well, yeah, we want the kids to know that uh, crime is bad, right? So mm -hmm. there's Toy Man being taken away by the police again, and uh, here's Darcy melting to death. Mm -hmm. That'll teach the kids. I will say this. Uh, if someone is melting, even if that person is a robot, I would like Superman to do something other than stand there and watch. Well, there was some kryptonite. Mm -hmm. There is often kryptonite. You know how that goes. I put kryptonite in the plastic, and also I put plastic in the kryptonite. That was pretty clever. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I figured you'd be here because we're in Dakota. So I, I use plastic, you know, those green army men, mm -hmm. which are completely plastic and therefore your electricity can't do shit to them. Yep. Which is great until the point in the fight where his electricity does get through them for some reason. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, there's got to be computer chips in there. I'll just keep shocking. Okay, but the plastic. Mm -hmm. That's fine. I'll just shock it until it's not a problem anymore. That's not, that's not, a, well, I was going to say that's not how it works, but. I would be stunned if there was a show Bible that actually explains how his powers work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it changes every goddamn week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, the bit at the end where he's like, I can make real people electrocute 
color and then we'll know who a real person is. Like, what? Uh, oh, he says, yeah, what is he? Uh, people, uh, humans have a, an electrical aura around them, mm-hmm. which I don't know all, like, I don't know science extremely well and mm-hmm. maybe there is some truth to that but it sure sounds like some mystical bullshit yeah that's some real uh and I also i have a crystal i think it's the word aura uh-huh but you know it's like if you referred to space as the ether mm-hmm. like okay well maybe maybe there is a substance out there but could you call it something that they didn't call it in victorian times please yeah can you call it omnifuck yeah that would be so much better mm-hmm. much more technical term Mm-hmm. No, please. It's fuck matter. Oh, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Any any part of the universe we can't account for is fuck matter. Uh-huh. Uh huh. What was your good thing? Ah, I love to see Static with Superman. Um, mm-hmm. this episode felt a little less important than uh, any of the the Static Batman team up episodes. Mm-hmm. But like, just seeing Static there with friggin' Superman, it makes yeah. me weirdly proud of my good friend Virgil. No, every time. He works with Batman or with the Justice League or whatever. It's like, aw, he loves this, and they like him. Like, the show does a really good job of putting him there with, like, these, these like, these huge legacy characters that have been around for years and years and make it look like he belongs there, you know? Yeah. And like, they always... No, oh, go ahead. There's no, like... There's no feeling of, like, we put these guys together to justify the fact that Virgin... Like, it's not like it's the third issue of a new comic and Spider-Man showed up, you know? Right. No, they're, he's, they're not there to prop him up. They're there... Exactly. ...to show that he's their equal, which is different. Like, and all, the fact also that it took a while for these characters to show up, and part of that was they didn't know that this show yeah, was... Yeah, the whole the first DCU. season wasn't part of the DCAU yet, right? But, like, it re- like it really feels like he's sort of come into his own and earned this spot next to them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it just makes me happy every time I see them. Yeah, me too. And they do it a lot, but they don't do it so much that it feels like, oh, you're getting bored with Static, huh? Well, yeah, and the other thing is that it's not, like, they don't tend to advertise... Like, League of Their Own is... Yeah, it's got the word like, league in it, so probably, yeah. Like, these guys show up like they're, like, when Shaq showed up, where it's just like, mm-hmm. oh, I wasn't expecting this, but check it out, Superman's here. Yeah, two of the biggest uh, celebrities in this universe, Shaquille O'Neal and Superman. Yeah, Superman flew out of the sky in this episode, and I was like, oh, fuck, I know that guy! Mm-hmm. See, unfortunately, I uh, I saw, like, a, a, a preview image of this episode that had a picture of Toy Man, so I was extrapolated from that, oh, okay. Well, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. But still. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, mm-hmm. my bad thing, Superman coming to help Virgil's teacher, who is actually Darcy in hiding, that is a good enough story reason to bring in Superman. That's it. Yeah. Like, Virgil is now involved with Superman in, in a thing with one of his villains. Mm. But then they contrive this ridiculous involvement with Daisy. Daisy is the the body that I want. Daisy mm-hmm. is the student I've been stalking, and I want to be her. Like, yeah, what? Yeah, I don't know. She's a child, first of all. That's gross. I pointed mm-hmm. that out already. But also, it just feels like, well, we needed more stakes for Virgil. He, you've already got them. Yeah. Toy Man is terrorizing his town. That's enough. Yeah. It's just, and also, Daisy's still not really his girlfriend. No, and as far I want to get to that in a second, too. Yeah, they're, they're still hanging out or whatever, but even if she is just, like, a friend of his, which is mm-hmm. fine, they don't have to be dating. But regardless, he, I don't know. It just, it feels like she shouldn't, 
she shouldn't be the hostage. Like they, they really bent over backwards to make Lois the hostage in yeah. the of episodes, and it worked because she puts herself in danger. But there's mm-hmm. no reason for Daisy to be. Yeah, all. Daisy's not doing anything. Like no, exactly. And she's being just, the president of various fan clubs. That's about yeah. it. And the convenience of of Darcy picking her too is just very yeah. like, oh yeah, well of course it's you. You're one of the two important characters. You know, I picked a random spot on the map, mm-hmm. which just happened to be a city where there's another superhero, and then I picked a random student who just happens to know that superhero very well. Yeah, like Darcy, if you're gonna do this, you can steal pretty women from basically anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but you're, you, as you said, your bad thing ties into this. So. Yeah, so, like, I should still not be this mad about Daisy not knowing who Static is, but, like, Daisy should know who Static is! Yep. She spends half an hour hanging out with him just talking about how weird it is that their teacher was an evil kidnapping robot. Like, either she's the stupidest person on the planet, which is impossible because she lives in a town with hot pants. And or, Shiv. And Shiv. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, which one of them is stupider? <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to have to come back to this. Yeah. Uh, or she's just waiting for Virgil to... T- like, there's shot, like, there's shots in at the end of this episode where, like, they're flying back to town. And Virgil's just like, yeah, it's so awesome. I get to meet Superman. He's, like, my real hero. And Daisy's just looking at him with goo-goo eyes. Like, yeah, you're my hero. And mm-hmm. It's like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. No, the thing is, I'm sure there have been, like, long think pieces written about the secret identity mm-hmm. like it there's probably books about it oh yeah because it's a you know it's a long staple of the superhero genre mm-hmm. but like it's it made sense in like the 40s and 50s yeah when first of all I, when i watch movies from back then and somebody does a crime or something and they're like i'll just go to a new town and change my name and i think wow you could just do that yeah no one knew no, you could just you could just go three towns over and call yourself something else, and no one will ever find you because yeah. that's how things worked back then. But just like that doesn't make any sense in a modern context. Neither does I put on a different like a whole different outfit and change my appearance at least once a day mm-hmm. for years and years, and no one in my life who interacts with both people regularly has figured out who I am. That yeah. makes no sense. It it yeah. It also made more sense from a storytelling perspective because back in the day I think people weren't as tired of sort of like tired sitcom premises of like oh yeah like oh how is he gonna almost mess it up this time and it might have been cute in the 50s mm-hmm. but now it's like ugh, enough well you got like uh uh Marty's grandparents gather around the TV going like how is he gonna get out of this one <laughs> but it's it's just uh yeah it's just it's it's so it's so played out and mm-hmm. I know we're projecting from 20 years beyond. Yeah. It was still played out by this point and honestly you mentioned uh, Ultimate Spider-Man cuz that's that was a contemporary like mm-hmm. that was around this time. Oh yeah. And uh, that was the first book I can remember really blowing this up. Mm-hmm. Uh, that and the same writers Daredevil actually. Yeah. But uh, so 20 years on it's easy to say oh yeah well uh, just just uh, reveal the secret identity but maybe it just wasn't done. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I I don't know. It's like just, people are convinced that it's just it's got to be part of this. The the thing I always liked about Ultimate Spider-Man is like the one of the early issues is the one where he like tells Mary Jane who he is and I always liked the logic of of course I'm going to tell my best friend that I'm a superhero. It fucking rules, you know? Also, he did an entire issue of a Spider-Man comic with two teenagers talking in a bedroom and that was yep, it. That comic and it was rules. very good. Yeah. But that is a that is a big chance to take with 
nerds the way they are. Well, I mean, you, between that and the fact that he didn't become Spider-Man until, like, the fourth or fifth issue, like, there was a lot going... That book's good. Well, well that is the way that guy wrote, though. Mm-hmm. There's there's uh, good and bad points there. You're right. Yeah. That book was good. That book is what got me back into comics. I yeah. probably said this before, but, like, the first Spider-Man movie came out, and I was like, what is... Or maybe the second one, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But, like, I was like, what is this character up to in comics? I haven't read these in years, and Marvel was giving away, like, the first... 20 issues online free. Yeah. Oh, God, I remember that. Yeah. You could just, like, back before, you could just read comics online. They're yeah, just you just like, went to the website. Yeah. And I was like, this is really good. I'm mm-hmm. going to the comic shop. And then I was back into it. You, you're you you're the guy that uh, comic companies uh, desperately hope exists. And that's there's usually I, only a couple of you. I That's what I'm saying. Like, when movies would come out, I'm like, okay, so you're doing this so people will read comics, right? And mm-hmm. then you pick up a comic and it's like part 20 of a yep. Ongoing fucking tie-in, uh, mm-hmm. terrible crossover thing. War of the Realms. Uh, realms. <laughs> fucking realms. We were only like we knew there were only five issues of Squirrel Girl left, and they all had to be about realms. Realms. You know what Squirrel Girl, the 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 computer science uh, mm-hmm. hero, is about. That realm episode was actually really good, though. It probably was. I didn't <laughs> read it. I don't know. Anyway. Ah! But, but yeah, the the idea of the secret identity does not make sense to me, and it might just be, well, shut up, that's just how shows mm-hmm. worked in 2000, but it, I still hate it. Yeah, I can still complain about it. No one can stop me. This is my show. Yeah, exactly. Well, our show. Our show. Mm-hmm. We have joint custody. Mm-hmm. Um, in the divorce, I get the back half, though. Okay. Mm-hmm. I never, I'm never clear which is the front and the back, so. Mm-hmm. Is that the beginning or the end? I have no idea. Okay. It doesn't matter. We'll figure it out when we get divorced. We're not getting divorced. No, we're not. Nope. Till death. You're stuck with me forever. Yep. Remember, you're here forever. (laughs) Whichever one of us dies first, the other one has to go to the cemetery with a recording studio every week. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I've built so many different, like, portable recording options. I I know Mm -hmm. that day's coming. Yep. (sighs) Ah. Okay, so I have a hey, it's that guy, sort of. Mm-hmm. This is our first exposure to <clears throat> George Newbern yep. as Superman. This is the guy who takes over for Tim Daly in Justice League. Yep. Boy, I don't think he's nearly as good. Mm-hmm. There's there's a bit where Static goes, my teacher's been replaced by a robot. And Superman just goes, yeah. <laughs> That's rough, buddy. Like, but it wasn't funny like yeah. that. Yeah. Like, it was just a flat delivery with no sympathy, no sarcasm, mm-hmm. no emotion whatsoever. Yeah. And that's George Newbern to me. He just, mm-hmm. he's got a similar sounding voice, but he doesn't sell a lot of, like, Superman's a very earnest character, and it's really yeah. easy to make him boring if you don't thread that needle carefully. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Justice League Superman is boring because of the writing, but I think the voice is, like, uh, really to its detriment. Sure. It just makes Superman less interesting to me when it's not like, yes, I believe this is a good person who's trying to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. I believe this guy is getting a paycheck for doing some voice acting is what I believe. I can't believe I can't believe my teacher's a robot. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> I just, I don't, and we will talk about this a lot more when we get to Justice League, but it just reminded me, oh yeah, this guy. Mm-hmm. Just not a fan. Great. Uh-huh. Um, what else? What else? I liked, oh, there there were these, um, first we had the uh, kangaroo monkey thing. Mm-hmm. I did not mention 
Then there was a series of um, uh, sort of clown dolls Mm -hmm. that were like Russian nesting dolls, like Matryoshka clowns. Yep. That, you know, you open up and there's another one and another one and another one. Mm -hmm. And then they open up and kidnap someone and shove it inside them and close again. Mm -hmm. I thought those were wonderful. Oh, yeah. Awful. It's a real. First of all. Oh, terrible. Just awful looking. Yeah, like, I don't have the thing about clowns that a lot of people do, but I get it. Including the person you're talking to right now. Yeah, you and most other people. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm in the minority here. But they are playing on people's, like, fear of that. But also just the idea of this, like, something opening and there being a smaller version of it in there is Mm -hmm. a little, little sort of inherently creepy. Yeah, don't care for that. And then using that cavity to to kidnap a person. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, That's pretty innovative, I think. I like Toy Man, I like when he designs real weird shit. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's well, I mean, just the thing. If you're going to bring like, him back, you need to get creative with it. Yeah, you know? that's the gimmick of Toy Man, you know? Yeah. Like, he's a man who makes toys. Like, Yeah, but, you know, sometimes you just be like, okay, let me look at a Wikipedia entry on list of toys. Yeah, that's like, uh, I don't know, I'll do, like, fucking Nutcracker Soldiers or something. That's yeah. a real easy go-to. Uh, yeah, exactly. But, like... He's got, like, the Easy Bake cloning machine uh-huh. later in the episode, and the design on that is fucking horrifying. It is, and we are back in the better art style. Yeah. And uh, Tilo actually mentioned a few times, like, the, the design, like, the backgrounds, mm-hmm. particularly in that in that part, really impressed her. Like, yeah. Just, like, they put a little extra work into making it creepy and interesting. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Also, when Virgil's fighting those clowns, he makes... I will say an excellent reference to the insane clown. Posse. I laughed real hard at this joke. It's because we still know who that is. A lot yep. of the pop culture references he makes are kind of duds. Yep. It's like, oh, hmm, okay. Oh, this clown posse's insane. Mm-hmm. Weirdly enough, they made a reference to that. I think I mentioned this on our show already, but mm-hmm. uh, on, in the, the Harley Quinn show. Oh, yeah. Because uh, Joker's running for mayor, and the people who support him call themselves the same clown posse. That's very good. <laughs> But, you know, 20 years before that, mm-hmm. it's even funnier. I also, um, I really like when uh, the the clown robots attack, and I think it's Daisy just goes, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Uh-huh. I love, Virgil's got this whole thing where he's like, you can make cool stuff like this, and this is what you do with it? Yeah, this is how you spend your time? Like, it's a run, it almost felt like a Venture Brothers bit. Yeah. Where it's like a character comes in and sort of makes almost meta observations about the way a character works Mm -hmm. but it's so funny it's like you could make such cool stuff and this is what you're doing yeah you figured out a way to make a perfect duplicate of somebody and like this is how you spend your time what's wrong with you well also made a sentient robot yeah like yes other people have done that like Mm -hmm. uh, rossum in gotham has done that but it's still pretty pretty uh exclusive technology yeah it's not everybody on the streets making themselves a sentient robot. Yeah. Although apparently more people are than, say, in our world. Well, yeah. Uh, well, that we know of. I mean, that's true. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but, I, but I also liked, uh, they also gave Toy Man a runner of not knowing who the fuck Static is. Yep. It's very <laughs> funny. This was, this was almost, the, the ICP reference was almost my quote. This also was almost my quote, mm-hmm. where Toy Man's like, Superman, and you. Uh-huh. And Virgil says, what's a brother got to do to get some recognition? Mm-hmm. It's fucking perfect. Come on, man. You're in my town. I, I'm sorry about saying brother, but I was quoting him. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was very funny. And uh, then later he's like, uh, Superman and what's his name? Oh, like, what's his name? Yeah. It was so good. 
They were both just very irritated with each other. Yep. Which I get. I would also be irritated if I had to spend time around Toy Man. I I generally like the when a different superhero has to fight a villain that they haven't seen mm-hmm. 50 times like like the original guy. They just treat it very differently. Oh yeah. Like ugh. This guy Superman's like, "I'll stop you, Toy Man." And uh Batman's like, "You fucking kidding me? Smack." This guy. Ugh. Yeah. You're gross. Mm-hmm. He is real gross. Mm-hmm. To be clear, he wants to fuck this woman. Oh, yeah. Put, make, give her the body of a teenager. Mm-hmm. Super, super gross. Yeah, it's not subtle. No. Uh, oh, I there was a shot that you must have loved because mm-hmm. uh, Superman's trying to figure out which one's the robot, and uh, ha- there's a long shot of two skeletons. Three skeletons. Static oh. skeleton is also Yeah, you're right, because he's, he's just standing there hanging out. You're right. Al, this is what we skeleton aficionados call a skeleton triple threat. Ooh. Mm-hmm. The, the, uh, the skull trick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they can't wear a hat because, you know, they're skulls. Yeah. Um, oh, there was also, there was a lot of good dialogue in this one. Like, yeah. I had so many almost quotes. Mm-hmm. There was also uh, static when the uh, the kangaroo monkeys were there. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, something to get your something hands off them, you damn dirty. Like, he says- yep. Get your hand, but he takes out the dams because it's a kid's show. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, he says the quote, and that made it funnier to me because yep. it's like he wants to quote this movie so bad, but also he wants to not get censored. Yep. <laughs> this is very cute. Like, I really like Planet of the Apes, but also my dad will be real mad if he finds out I said damn. Mm hmm. Also, kids WB probably don't want him saying damn. I mean, that's true too, but like. Mm-hmm. No, there's, a, there's an in story reason for it. You know, Virgil's like, dad doesn't want me cursing. Yep. Well, there's a, in the in the other episode where he's talking about the the youth center closing a couple of times, he's like, "Yeah, it's a real darn situation." Dang, shame. You can hear him. You can mm-hmm. hear uh, Terry Pratchett calls it spill words, whereas yep. like, the the things they just hesitated to say. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. This is because that's real... good voice acting. Because uh, what's his name, Kevin Michael Richardson, who does his, uh, the the dad's voice? Like mm-hmm. he knows. I yeah. can't swear, but I want you to know he is swearing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I also have a note that uh, where Toy Man's hanging out is called Finnegan's Mannequins, which I thought was a very That's good very good. <laughs> yes. I missed that. And I yeah. usually catch uh Yeah. Uh, background signs. Yeah. yeah. Uh hmm. what else? That is about all that yeah. I Yeah. You wanna the, the quote that I did go with This is good was, was just another sort of it was like a it was like a smash cut thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, uh, Virgil and Richie talking about Superman. Mm-hmm. He got props from Superman. Can you believe that? And nobody around to hear him. True, true. Maybe next time. Be real. Superman's an all-star. He doesn't have time to hang out in Dakota. Trust me, that's the last we'll see of him for a long while. Virgil! Richie! I want you to meet Mr. Clark Kent. He's a reporter for the Daily Planet. Which I very much enjoyed. <laughs> that was, um... Uh, and, and the DC Wiki is not wrong to point out that uh, season one, when they didn't know we were in the actual DCAU, mm. they said something like, uh, Richie said something like, well, Clark Kent's got a day job. And like, yeah. well, he shouldn't know that. Okay, fine. Whatever. It's, it's fine. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter, but yeah. it's still, it was still like, okay, you're, this is the job of a wiki to point shit like that. Out. Mm, fair. But you know, but I don't have to reward them for it. Well, you know, it's no freestanding ladder. No, but what is, I mean, that is the bar to, you know, that mm-hmm. is the bar. It's one of the rungs of the ladder, that bar is. It certainly is. Yep. All right. Anything else? Uh, no. Very well. Well, that's all for this time. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I, you think I would know by now to have the document open that says what the next episode is. Mm-hmm. Next ah. episode is. Uh, oh, we're at the end of season uh, three, so we have three episodes. Oh, shit. Actually. Uh, and they are The Parent Trap, Flashback, and Blast from the Past. I don't mm-hmm. know what any of those are. Nope. So, and uh, it's possible we will have a guest, but we were talking before the show. We we need to we need to figure that out. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, an old we'll friend may out. be joining us, but we will. You know, you'll you'll know when the show starts. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, our website, as ever, kidslovebatman.com. Uh, if you want to write to us, kidslovebatmanpodcast at gmail. We all, mm-hmm. we do only have one 13 episode season left after this, so yeah. we're we're getting there soon. It's the end of November. We'll be doing another mail show. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, please feel free to write to us. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Algar. At uh, Maggie Robots. And that's all for this time. Yeah. See you, folks. Twala Backpack. For more information about this show and the people who make it, visit kidslovebatman.com. To provide financial support for this show and all of the shows produced by Algar Productions, consider a pledge at patreon.com slash Algar. That's double A-L-G-A-R. The Kids Love Batman podcast is a co-production of Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar-Watt. Copyright 2022, Algar Productions. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.